This is the Virtual Pause Podcast, a time to integrate body, mind, heart, and spirit, which leads to resilience and stability in our everyday chaos. This is your host, Angie Wynn. This is a special episode called The Purpose of the Pause. I'm going to give you a brief evolution of how the pause came about and then also discuss the structure of the pause and what we do every week. So in order to do that well, I need to back up just a bit and tell you that I've been in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world for around 17 years and then um, jumped into the nonprofit world where I supported leaders working in distressed and at-risk neighborhoods. And I had a lot of tools um, that I would provide these leaders to help them thrive and help their organizations and their communities thrive. Yet what I was finding is that no matter what tools, assessments, or training I provided them, they were really struggling, whether it was exhaustion, physical illnesses, um, marital troubles, relationship issues, um, financial problems. They were struggling and a lot of it was because of the intense trauma that they experienced in these neighborhoods every day. And they had great hearts and compassion and passion for the people, but the work was very difficult. And, um, It was hard to to sustain and hard to keep walking. And they were, some of them burnt out, um, and that looks different for everyone. And then some of them were just really, really close to burning out. And so as I'm supporting them and helping them and trying to strengthen them, I found myself in the same predicament. And I got close, if not there, to burnout. And through that, time I resigned this job, which was like my dream job and my calling on my life. And I came home and took a pause, took some time off to really recover. I felt like my body was just overcome by stress. I had neglected it. I was working too much. I was experiencing a lot of stress and I ignored it. And over time, my body experienced issues like reflux, and eventually I had to get my gallbladder taken out. I was really overall just exhausted. My mind was constantly racing, fixating on problems that were not mine to solve. Um, And I could not quiet my mind down enough to even sleep well. And I really wasn't present most of the time. My heart, Felt like I was overly triggered and overreactive. Um, Either I would lash out or I would often wall in my emotions and not really address what was going on in my heart. And then spiritually, I have a friend who said to me that he thought I had spiritual PTSD, which I thought was really helpful because working in the nonprofit space, in particular in Christian ministry for as long as I have, Um, you can really get depleted and I felt somewhat disconnected to my soul and to God. So when I came home and resigned, I began to 
deal with these parts of my body, my body, I mean, parts of my being, my body, mind, heart, and spirit. And I just organically did that. I mean, they were in trouble, so I had to do something. And for my body, I was always a runner and I had to stop running through various different things. I had an accident, an injury, and also my doctor said my cortisol stress hormone was just too high and running was actually perpetuating that. So I began to turn to yoga because yoga allowed my body to stretch. Um, It really was helpful in healing my injury and it also brought down my cortisol. Yoga is interesting because it integrates breath and it really can be a very personal way of being aware of what's going on in your body, listening to your body and calming your body down. I tended to my mind through breath as well. Breath can help quiet your mind and help create more space and clarity and focus. And also meditation was very helpful during this time and still is where I actually used a particular type of meditation called centering prayer, where you think of a word that reminds you of God. And every time your mind wanders, you come back to that word. Meditation is hard, but over time it began to quiet my mind and allowed me to have more clarity and focus. For my heart, I began to do some excavation and trying to see and understand what was going on in my heart, why I was overreacting or I was walling off my emotions and really addressing some unhealed wounds that I had from my past and doing some deep work, deep therapy work there. And also just the beauty of expressing my heart through learning how to play again and engaging in music and poetry, um, walks in nature, cooking, activity. And I think that sometimes when we work so hard or we focus on something so much, we forget to express our hearts and do the things that we love. And then spiritually, I began to connect my soul to God in a very personal way um, through a process called Lectio Divina, which is in Latin, it means divine reading. And I learned a process where I would read either a scripture or a poem or a reading from many different types of faith, from Christianity, from uh, Sufi mystics from um, Judaism, many different different paths, and I would use this meditative process to really help me open up my heart and help my spirit connect with God. As I continue to do this, um, I guess you could say this long extended pause. I began to get some calls from some of the leaders I had supported in the past, and they asked me to teach their people how to do this, how to take time, um, learn how to be in silence and solitude and tend to the body, mind, heart, and spirit. That's not really what they were asking. They were asking, hey, how do you help my team not burn out? We are extremely weary. We're exhausted. Can you teach what you've been doing over these past 
18 months so that they can get um, the fuel that they need to walk on. So I began to kind of share this process with others through workshops and retreats. And then I had some um, day-long retreats and also a three-day retreat in Colorado. And I had scheduled out various workshops and retreats in the future. And then the pandemic hit. And I stopped everything as everyone did. And I found my stress and my, my anxiety increased greatly. Yet the things I was doing, the pauses I was taking, I was no longer doing. And so finally, I stopped and realized that this was not sustainable. And the exact thing that I needed the most was the exact thing that I had neglected. So it was time to go back to my body, mind, heart, and spirit. And I realized that I was not the only one who needed this. So I took this process and I cut it down to about 30 minutes and I began to share it with others on a weekly Zoom call. And this started in April of last year. And so I thought I'd do it once and then we needed it. So I started to do it weekly, but I thought it would only last a month because I thought the pandemic was only going to last a month as well, right? Um, so it continues on a year later. It is now May of 2021, and I don't know when I'll ever stop it because I need it every week, and the people who participate need it as well. And the pause is interesting because it is not a, I don't teach, I don't have anything to teach. I help set the table and help facilitate a process where the participant can really feel some grounding, um, cultivating a sense of resilience, letting go of what they need to let go of. And so it's not Angie's deep teaching. There is wisdom that I gather from different teachers um, that I'm learning from, and I use the struggles that I'm experiencing, very ordinary daily struggles. So the pause is for me. I get what I need from it. And then I share it with others, hoping that it can be helpful for everyone as well. So the pause is a podcast now, and that is because some people could not join my Monday Zoom call and others wanted to share it. And so I just decided to download it as a podcast. And as you listen to my podcasts, you'll realize that they're a little rough. They're not very polished. Um, if I make a mistake, then I make a mistake and I keep moving. And part of that is because I'm taping it. I'm recording when I do this live call. Most of the time I'm recording it. And the other thing is I'm human. And, um, the pause goal is not perfection. If it is perfection, then I'm going to quit right now because I'm not growing in perfection. That is not what I'm seeing. And that's not my goal. Um, the purpose of the pause is to be able to experience reality and authenticity and vulnerability, um, and be able to find some grounding so that we can be whole and integrated um, and move on and walk on with our lives. So I see it as the fuel, a brief pause to be that fuel that we need to keep going um, 
So our actions can be aligned with our values. So our words can be aligned with our hearts so that our body is not being dragged around by our ego. Um, Work so much, don't rest, all of those things. And I also realize it's not realistic to take a month, a week, a day, sometimes an hour off to be able to take a pause and let go and rest. And so the pause is intended to be a shortened version um, just to give you a moment to be, to be still. And speaking of being still, so I created an acronym that I use in the pause every week that hopefully will be able to stick in your mind. And then as you go throughout your days, if you experience some stress, then that acronym can come back to you. So it's be still and still is the acronym. So S is settle your body. T, tune in to your distractions of your body and your mind. I, inhale and exhale. L, let go of burdens or worries or concerns. And L, listen, listen to your soul as it connects to God, spirit, universe, whatever that is to you. So when we start with settling your body, often during this pause, we do light stretches. So you can do these stretches from your chair. Um, If you listen carefully right now, you will hear my yellow lab snoring in the background. So maybe that'll be a little incentive for you to rest. Um, When we settle our bodies, I, I go through some light stretches, like I said, that you can do from your chair. There are also some episodes where I realize you cannot be doing light stretches because you're in a public situation or maybe you're driving or walking. And so I just um, provide the opportunity to really do some body scans and notice what's going on in your body, being aware of any sensations, tensions, kinks. Um, So we do that to settle our bodies. And then I, I'm sorry, T, tune in. So we tune into the distractions of our body and mind. What happens is we can feel pain or discomfort in our bodies or be fixated on something in our minds. And we just, it overcomes us. It tends to be the thing that we identify with. It becomes a huge distraction. And so by tuning in, we're just aware, okay, what's going on in my body and what's going on in my mind. I need to know that and acknowledge that. And then our next letter is I, inhale and exhale through deep breath, through breathing techniques. We're able to lower our cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. And when our cortisol is high, our blood pressure is high, our heart rate is high, our mind is not able to focus. And so by inhaling and exhaling deeply and doing breathing techniques, we are able to lower that cortisol And we are able to focus, give our mind some clarity, and quiet our mind. Also, sometimes I'll do a brief meditation technique, whether it's centering prayer or another meditation technique, to help quiet your mind. The next letter is let go, L, let go. And this deals with the heart. So we're letting go of the burdens or concerns that we are experiencing. 
Usually we let go of, or I prompt you to let go of something that connects with the topic I'm bringing up at the time. Um, a one example would be one of my pauses. I talk about the obstacles we have to rest, why we allow ourselves to be living in a frenetic pace and we don't stop. We don't take a moment to reflect and to be. And so we talk about what are those obstacles that you have to resting, to taking a pause and then letting go of of the grip that you have onto some of those obstacles. Um, so the letting go process is very dynamic. It changes every week. Um, but there are three things I always go back to. And that is I have us look at what the late Thomas Keating calls programs of happiness. You can also find this in the Sedona method. But these are considered our inner motivations, our inner drives that we hold on to and, and make us attached to certain things and certain outcomes. And these inner motivations are not always conscious. They are often unconscious. And so we want to be able to bring them to the surface so we can let them go. So we look at what we're holding on to so tightly, what we're so attached to, and then we determine, well, you determine through the reflection process, am I holding on to this so tightly because it fulfills a need for control or power? Maybe a need for approval or acceptance, maybe a need for security or safety. And if it does, can I let it go? Not necessarily letting the problem go, the burden go, but letting the intense grip that you have on it go, releasing it. When you're able to let go, then you're able to be more open. Your heart is more open. You are more receptive. You can receive um, guidance. You can receive, you can discern your next step and your next reaction. And it is much more aligned with your true self than it is um, your false self. So in other words, your actions and your words and your thoughts are not tethered so tightly to your ego, to your need to be in control, have power, be accepted, have approval, belong, or have safety and security, but you're more free. And that's why then we move to the last letter, L, listen. At this point, we are ready to listen to our souls as we connect to the divine, as we connect to God, the Holy Spirit, the universe, whatever that is for you. And we do this at the end because our bodies are settled. We've tuned in to distractions. We've inhaled and exhaled to quiet our minds. We've let go of our grip onto our attachments. And now we're ready to listen. And the process I use is an ancient process called Lectio Divina, divine reading. And basically I read a passage four times. And the first time I read it, we just listen to it. The second time I read it, you identify a word or a phrase that jumps out at you. The third time I read it, you identify what do you feel like your soul, the spirit, God, the universe is saying to you through this passage? 
And then the fourth time I read it, what is your prayer or your response? You'd be surprised when we go through this process because often if you were just to read a passage without going through the pause process and you just read it once, then you can kind of decide what you want to do with that um, passage. But when we've really settled ourselves and we've taken some time to open up our hearts and we go through this four-time reading, then often the messages you receive are different than what you thought. Um, Maybe you're prompted to let go of something. Maybe you're prompted to um, reach out to someone and take action or forgive. Or maybe it allows you to determine that you want to just go throughout your life differently. Or maybe it's as simple as the next step. You've, you've been given some guidance on the next step, or maybe it's really an important discernment and decision process that you're involved in. You never know. Um, that's the beauty of the pause. It is so personal and intimate that, like I said before, I just set up the process for you and I give you a topic that I'm struggling with myself and I lead us through a process, but the facilitation of your heart, the facilitation of decreasing your stress, providing clarity, giving you resilience, giving you the fuel that you need to continue to walk on or even change direction, that is up to you and your connection with God and the universe, the supreme, whatever that is. That is you tending to your body, mind, heart, and spirit. So what comes out of it, the outcome, is just up to you. I mean, it's not even up to you if you do it well. It's sometimes an unexpected surprise, but it's always a nice blessing because everyone needs 30 minutes to take a pause and be. It's important that I share with you that none of these elements that I use in the pause process are unique to me. I did not create any of them. Um, I have taken things that I have learned over the years that have been helpful for me, and I integrated them into this process. The flow is perhaps unique, um, but really it's just taking things that I've learned from ancient traditions, from different faith traditions, um, and integrated into something that I hope is usable and helpful, regardless of where you come from in terms of faith. I sincerely hope that you found this episode helpful to give you some background about the pause, and I invite you to continue to listen on a weekly basis. I will also periodically have special episodes where I will be interviewing leaders, um, change makers, and also very ordinary people, and talk to them about how they have integrated a pause into their lives and how it has affected their lives in a positive way. So thank you so much for joining and be still. Thank you so much for joining today's virtual pause podcast. I hope that you can experience some stability in the midst of chaos. Episode 15, Fake Rest. 
There comes a time in our lives when what our bones need is deep rest. What our hearts need is an open field to play and roam and be. Yet our minds keep us grinding at the wheel of productivity and cage in our hearts so that we look acceptable to the world and to ourselves. We must do, we can't just be. But if we don't stop and be, we are going to break. It is difficult to stop and rest because of the million things going on in our life. So we tend to find imitations for rest, like drinking alcohol to calm down so we can push through our schedule. In this episode, we will go through the be still process and identify a way we may choose to fake rest, let it go if we desire, and then listen to our souls as I read a passage from Chung Su. Chapter 1 